This is the AMA Los Angeles Podcast. Welcome to the AMA Los Angeles Podcast. I'm Joel Metzger. We are in the fabulous offices of Edmonds in Santa Monica, where we just wrapped up a panel on content creation, which we'll hear later in this podcast. But right now, I am here with Alex Beauchamp, who is Executive Director of Content at Edmonds. Welcome, Alex. Thank you. Let's just start off and let everybody know your background leading up to where you are now at Edmonds. Oh, gosh. It's a very crazy uh, background, and it's a very mixed background. But basically, I started creating content online in 1995. Um, I was actually online um, in 1987 with BBSs, if you want to go really old school before the internet. Um, So my background is really in wanting to find information, and then how do I connect to people? And that's evolved over the past 20 years um, with the internet and with brands who actually now want to create content and connect to the consumers in a better way. So I've spent the past 10 years working with brands like Disney, Demand Media, eHow, um, Anthropology, UG Australia, most recently at Airbnb, and now with Edmonds. It's amazing. So what does good content mean to you? Oh, gosh, that is such like the question, isn't it? Um, I think good content is, for me, content that is truthful. Now, that's a, a kind of a tricky thing of what is truthful, but it, it's what is truthful to a brand. What makes sense for a brand to create or a person to create? Um, and what does somebody want to receive? Um, meaning that if you are an oil company, um, I don't know that it makes sense for you to create content about um I don't know, being environmentally friendly, Um, or maybe it does, but it doesn't sound authentic. It sounds like you're trying to create content about being environmentally friendly because you know you're not being environmentally friendly. Um, So truthful content is is something that is meaningful to you, whether you're an individual or a brand, and then to your consumers. And how is content important to creating things like community, consumer loyalty? Oh, it's critical. I mean, we've been telling stories since before you could write. Um, So sharing information in a a storytelling way is, I mean, that's human nature. Um, We found ways to monetize it through books or newspapers or media or the internet. Um, But sharing content or stories is, is, I think that goes back to Adam and Eve. I mean, I wasn't there, but I'm assuming. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Going viral, quote unquote. We all hate that word, but we yeah. all kind of want it to happen at the same no, time. No, I do not want it to happen. <laughs> you do not want it to happen? No. Okay. <laughs> well, tell us about that then. Yeah, I would say that the reason why I don't want it to happen is I don't want to be on the hook for trying to make it happen. I think when you try to make something viral, what you're really saying is, is like you don't really know your consumer or your audience and you're marketing something that you hope does a billion views. And I don't think you really understand the purpose of your content when you're when you're saying the word viral. Um, A million people don't have to see your content for you to get value out of it. I think in this world of like influencers and billions of views on YouTube, like that, that viralness has such this, this important word, especially for marketers. Um, But I think it's, you know, some of the the micro influencers or I think about my network, I don't, I don't have a lot of followers say on Twitter, like 2000. But if I share a link, um, you know, 1999 are actually going to click that link. So, I'm very valuable to my network, although I'm never personally going to be responsible for making anything viral. So I just think it's the wrong metric or the wrong way to create content. If it goes viral, great. I'm not going to say no to it. But to, to set out with that purpose, I think is the wrong purpose. Is it, is it, can you, is it so reductive you could say it's uh, quality over quantity? 
as, uh, far, as, far, as far as response to the yeah I mean I guess it, I'm talking out both sides of my mouth now I think it depends on what your your brand values are and what your brand goals are so for example for Edmonds um, having our content trusted is really important we're a third party um, expert so we're not tied to writing review about a car because Honda wants us to say this about Honda um, so writing content that's really um, authentic and important to our audience is is just so much more important than you know a million people maybe seeing it and and doing nothing with it so I need to make a brand connection to people right like I'm competing a lot in a Google search with other car companies um, or research companies around cars so if I'm not creating content that affects one person I don't get them through their whole customer journey to actually purchasing a car um, but that, that sort of retention of a consumer, that brand trust, that's really important, and that's, that's a goal for us. Now, if you're a brand new company starting out and you just want to get your product out, maybe you don't care about quality and you give your product to 5,000 bloggers and you don't care about what they create or what they say because you just need that awareness and you're, you're selling, like, I don't know, popsicle sticks. So you don't really care about the, the quality or the truthfulness of popsicle sticks. Now. You have a really good case study with Airbnb. Tell us about that. Oh, gosh. When I got there, they had just, um, they had spent a year sort of doing a rebrand. So prior to their rebrand, um, they were at less than 1% brand awareness and one percent um, less than 1% brand trust. And I think if you do like the Wayback Machine and you go look at their site uh, pre-2014, you'll see like a really bad platform. It's pretty ugly. It wasn't really user-friendly. Um, you could rent somebody's home or stay with somebody and you weren't sure why you would want to do that. So you're thinking like the only people that are going to navigate this weird platform are probably creepy people and I'm not going to stay there. I'm used to staying at the Four Seasons. Um, so they spent a year figuring out who their brand was. Who did we want to be? Um, what was our purpose? Um, and and think beyond being a tech company and a platform. So they, they did some really amazing work that I cannot take credit for. I was not at the company. But there's a lot of great case studies into that. And I think that foundation made it very easy for me to sort of come into the company and say, okay, now I know who you are and who you want to be. How do I translate that into content? Um, whether it's for social media, whether it's about the company, whether it's how to host or how to be a guest or travel information. Um, having that, that really great brand identity um, I won't say made it easy, but made it easier for me to know how to create um, that content. Um, so I would say from, from there, what I probably spent about the first three months doing was figuring out what content actually worked on what platforms, like what did people really want to know from us and how would we be different from a travel company or a hotel or um, any other brand that wanted to talk about travel, which is part of lifestyle, so every brand seems to do that kind of content. Um, and I had to go kind of back to our mission and our brand, which is we help you live like a local. We connect you to people. We remind you of humanity. We help you see the world differently. Um, and so everything that I created had to go through that filter. And if it didn't ring true, we wouldn't do it. Um, and that was actually really hot. That was probably the hottest part of my job was being the gatekeeper. Because um, when we hired media agencies and we hired creative agencies, all of a sudden they're coming at it from a marketing angle. And I'd be in meetings where I'd literally be aghast and like, no, we don't do advertising. We don't do marketing. Um, and that was really important because our brand, you know, principle was connecting people and humanity. So if I'm selling you humanity, 
Um, now my content's not going to ring true. So everything really, I think, stems from that. And yeah, there's great case studies around the campaigns we did, or um, you know, we won a lot of awards. Um, and I think you know, you can Google me, and I'm like a, a case study for the work I did on Instagram and Facebook and the success metrics we have there. But I think the most important thing is is if you want the thumbnail version, it's really understanding the brand and the channels and the audience and knowing how to connect that all together. For marketers out there looking to create good content and build a community, what are some best practices? What are some guidelines? What are some... Oh, gosh. Don't think like a, a marketer. I mean, that's really like a number. People are like, why are you so you know good or why have you been so successful? And I, I have to say, I think it's because I don't have a marketing background. Uh, I have a content background and a people background. And I'm a consumer. I mean, I was a reader before I was online. Um, and then when I was online, I had to learn how to like code in HTML because I had something great content that I wanted other people to, to be able to see. So I have that passion for you know, really for content and for people and not ha knowing how to sell it. And not to say that marketing is bad or, or, or advertising is bad. I mean, I love the Vogue issue that comes out in September when it's all ads. Like, it's beautiful content. I understand its purpose. Um, but I think for a brand to, to think of, like, how are we going to market this and sell it? Well, you need to spend a lot more money because you're not being authentic. So you have to pay more in distribution or creation um, because people don't naturally probably want to see that content. You kind of have to force it on them a little bit. Um, but I think the really important thing is think like a consumer, which marketers go, oh yeah, I think like a consumer, but you can't sell to an audience if you're not that audience. I think it's, I, well, I shouldn't say you can't. You, you can't, it's just, it's harder. Um, you can't sell on certain platforms if you don't understand those platforms. Like I've had arguments with people before when Instagram first came out of they wanted the brand logo in Instagram pictures and I was like but here's how your logo shows up in your name and next to the image you don't need to put a logo in there um, but they were like we've got a market we've got a market and helping people to understand but you know this platform is a consumer platform and consumers don't want to see your logo in every picture um, that's that's the challenge and you know, I, I say this after every job, I'm going to retire and go Amish, and I kind of mean it, um, but I, I keep coming back, and I think for me, it's because I can get burned out of consuming it all, but if you're not consuming it, it's very hard to understand how to create authentically for instead of in a marketing way. Right. So you're talking about platforms, so what channels or platforms do you think are key right now? Oh gosh, that, that one is such a challenge um, and I feel like I'm going to give you a non-answer. But it really depends on um, what your brand is. So for example, I worked with Ugg Australia and they were launching a tween brand and um, I haven't been 13 for 30 years. So for me to understand like what do teenage girls want and where are they, that was really hard because you can't get data um, on tweens because they're protected by law. So anybody under 13, you you don't actually know where they are, so you kind of have to guess. Um, and we made some kind of educated guesses of like, what kind of medias are they consuming? Um, trying to remember what it was like to be a 13-year-old girl, and it's like, oh, they really liked Vine. Um, Snapchat was a huge thing. Um, but more importantly, it was YouTube. Like, they don't know who Drew Barrymore or Harrison Ford or Brad Pitt is. They are into Bethany Moda, Moda and, and Zuella. Um, and so I had to figure out, like, okay, I cannot have media dollars um, on, on television networks because that's not where the tweens are. Maybe that's where the mothers are, and I have to have a different message for them. Um, but if I can get, you know, YouTube celebrities and girls still go to the mall. So actually being in store and meeting Bethany Moda, like that helped launch a brand um, better than Facebook did. T tweens and, and teens 
their network is in school. Um, they see their friends every day. They don't need to be on Facebook to connect. Um, but if you're a woman in your, your 30s or your 40s or if you're a senior, Facebook's really important. Um, I think people don't think about like seniors that much. It's all about the millennials, but like, let's give it to the olds. Like they're totally on Facebook. They come from the generation of pen pal writing and having the time to connect. And they are finding friends that they had like 50 years ago. So they're spending so much time. And so if you have a product that would work for them, like Facebook becomes so important, but maybe you don't spend your money so much on, you know, um, like Twitter paid promoted content or Pinterest promoted content. So it really depends upon your audience and and where they are. Okay. Uh, in the end, when a campaign is done, what constitutes success for you, and and how do you track it? It's hard to know when a uh, when a campaign is done. I don't. I think in this twenty four seven world, even if you launch something and you're like, it's going to run for two weeks or it's going to do this, there's always something coming right behind it. So um, I think it's it's hard for companies to really understand success. Um, overall. That being said, I think if you're going to do a specific campaign, um, you've got to figure out what those goals are ahead of time. So um, I gave this example earlier, but at, at Airbnb, when we did our very first campaign, like I said, we were at 1% brand awareness. Uh, so brand awareness was the metric that we used for our first campaign. So when we did our One Less Stranger campaign um, and we launched on uh, Facebook video, we did YouTube video, um, just brand awareness was the only metric that mattered, um, which was awesome. And now brand awareness, um, we had like a calculation for it. So there were several actual metrics that went into it. Um, but I, we didn't care about nights booked or revenue or um, views and things like that. It was just really, is the word Airbnb starting to resonate with people so that we could figure out the second phase of our campaign and what else did we need to do, almost like retargeting in a way. Um, and I would say we hit those goals. We, we knew what they were. We knew the, the platforms that would deliver the awareness. We knew how to create content that would be shared, get people talking. Um, so that was really important. Um, the, the challenging thing is right after that, we went into another campaign and another campaign. And so from a, a holistic and, and big picture perspective, I'm like, is our content working? I don't know. But it's like, hey, we just came off this great success of our first campaign. But because you're on the next thing and you're still trying to figure stuff out, it's like, I still don't know if this content thing is working. The word that keeps coming up to me is authenticity. It seems yeah. like that seems to be the key to everything. Yeah, I feel like I'm, I should have been like on Little House on the Prairie or, you know, the Waltons or something. Um, I've been accused of being too Pollyanna and, and too earnest. But then I would say, look at my track record. There's a, a reason why I've been successful. And it's not because I'm the smartest or the most innovative or, or anything like that. I think it's that I try to stop brands from harming themselves by being inauthentic. Um, you and again, it, I'm selective about the brands that I work with. So, like, I know that I can't market, you know, craft macaroni and cheese, and not, not that there's anything wrong with it. I just wouldn't know how to market that. And so, people who do know how to market it, or agencies who are really great at that, like, go at it. You need a TV commercial. You need people to buy that mac and cheese. Um, I get it, but for me. I have to work with a brand that I believe in. I believe in its purpose. Um, I mean, that's how I came to Edmunds. I was trying to buy a car. I've only bought one car previous. I mean, I grew up in Denmark where it's all bikes, so my knowledge of car buying is minimal. Um, 
And I found Edmonds, and I was like, the content here is so great, but man, does it look bad. Um, you know, it's hard to navigate the site. Out of all the car sites I've seen, I think you've got the best content, the best writing, but you've got to make it easier for people to learn the how. Um, and so I came knocking on the door and was like, please hire me on the product side so I can help you build better content. And that's what we're doing and launching in January in the new year. Um, so I came out, even though I don't have an automotive background, I have a consumer car shopping background. I'm like, I know how you need to connect your audience. You know your your industry and you know your tools, but I know your audience because I, I am it. Um, and this this marketing stuff wouldn't work on me. But if you help me figure out how to not, you know, get a bad deal at the dealership, then, you know, I'm going to love your brand. So um, I just, I think authenticity is important, especially for smaller businesses. Um I also think it's really important for larger businesses who don't want to get in trouble. I mean, at, at Airbnb, you know, you've got a lot of people that love the brand, but you've got a lot of cities and legal people who don't like the brand. Um, and they're willing to call you when your content's not authentic. So there was a couple of ads that went out last summer uh, produced by the agency, and they were not of the Airbnb core values. And the backlash that came to Airbnb where they had to have, like, dozens of PR people and legal um, attached to it, there was a backlash for not being authentic to your brand or to the consumers. Um, and they had to pay for that dearly in sort of brand trust and affinity. Um, so authenticity is not just good um, for content, but I think it's just good for business. That's great. Well, let's go out on authenticity. That's, that's a great place to end it. Alex Beauchamp, Executive Director of Content and UCG at Edmonds. Thank you so much for being on the AMA Los Angeles podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to the AMA Los Angeles podcast. For more information on the American Marketing Association's Los Angeles chapter and to find out about upcoming events, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. This podcast was produced by Joel Metzger and Icebox Logic.